Welcome to Advancing Our Church, a Changing Our World podcast about Catholic stewardship, leadership, and advancement. I'm Jim Friend. Welcome back, everybody. We have a wonderful conversation today scheduled with Richard Lanahan, the Director of Stewardship and Development for the Diocese of Metuchen. But first, this is our last episode of 2022, and I want to offer a huge thank you to the 26 guests who appeared on our show this year. This is episode 128, and next year will be the sixth anniversary of our podcast. And I am so grateful to everyone who's been a part of our podcasting journey, sharing their wisdom and their experiences to help us all advance the mission of our church. And a very big thank you to Changing Our World, who has supported and sponsored this podcast for almost four years now. I feel so blessed to work with a team who's provided great service to the Catholic Church for over 20 years. And I also want to give big props to our partner, Bo York and Pottery Studios, for their editing and support throughout the years. They always give our show that polished and professional sound and provide guidance for making this show better every year. And of course, a big thank you to you, our listeners. I hope that you have enjoyed our shows and that it has helped you to support your mission through the sharing of our best practices in Catholic stewardship, leadership, and advancement. For me, on a personal note, I'll be moving on to the final stage of my formation as a deacon in January. I'll be receiving the Ministry of Acolyte in the Diocese of Allentown, and so I ask that you pray for me and my classmates as we move on to this final stage in our formation. I can't believe that it's been four years. God willing, will be ordained in the fall of 2024. And as we move into this final week of Advent and the Christmas season, I want you to know that I am going to be praying for each of you and your intentions at Mass this Christmas. God works in mysterious ways, and I want you to also know that I'm going to have some big news that I'll be announcing next month on our next episode of Advancing Our Church. I cannot announce it now, but it's pretty big. We'll be off for about a month, and so watch for us on Twitter and Facebook, and make sure that you're subscribed to our show wherever you downloaded this podcast. Until that time, may the Lord Jesus Christ bless you and your family, and may this season of Advent and the coming Christmas season offer you God's grace and the blessings of his love in 2023. And now, let's get to work. I'm so pleased to welcome my old friend Richard Lanahan. He's the Director of Stewardship and Development at the Diocese of Metuchen. Rich's broad experience includes development in higher education, Catholic parishes and schools, and healthcare institutions. While at the Diocese of Metuchen, Rich oversees the Bishop's Annual Appeal, and he assists parishes with capital campaigns, feasibility studies, and increased offertory programs. He's also building a planned giving program for the diocese. Just prior to joining the Diocese of Metuchen, Rich worked for King's College in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania as a major gift officer. And so, without further ado, here is Richard Lanahan. Well, welcome to Advancing Our Church. So glad to have you here today. I'm I'm pleased to welcome Rich Lanahan from the Diocese of Metuchen. Rich is an old friend. Rich is the Director of Development for the Diocese of Metuchen. And Rich, it's so great to have you here on the podcast today. Thanks, Jim. And of course, I'm I'm pleased to welcome a frequent visitor to Advancing Our Church, Tom Farrell, Senior Managing Director for Changing Our World. Tom, great to have you here. Thank you very much, Jim. Great to be part of this. All right. Well, Rich, you are the center of attention today. We're here to talk about what's going on in the Diocese of Metuchen. But before we get into business and all that other stuff, are, your, are you and your wife ready for Christmas? Are the kids ready for Christmas? As, as Christmas, as, as ready as we're going to be, right? The, uh, <laughs> three children. My oldest is four. My, young, my middle's two. And then my youngest is about three months. 
I've got one doesn't the, the third doesn't realize what's happening. My my middle starting to realize like what Santa Claus is and you know the idea of presents. So it's exciting because you know anticipation. So it's such a fun age though. There's so many fun things you can do with that. I I used to try. I tried to keep the the magic alive as long as possible. I even took my boots and put them in the fireplace and made it look like Santa was coming out of the fireplace out of the chimney one time and little random photos that just keep the amazement alive. I don't know. Um, we had a lot of fun with it. <laughs> it is a lot of fun. Well, of course, uh, Rich, we, we've had your, we had your dad on the podcast, gosh, a few years ago and uh, some other form, other colleagues, uh, Tom Smith. Uh, I know a former colleague, we had him on just a, a few weeks ago. So it's a close-knit development family, especially here in the tri-state area of Pennsylvania, New Jersey. So Rich, tell us a little bit about what you've had a, a great career in Catholic philanthropy, you know, going back to your days as a consultant and as a Catholic school fundraising director and a Catholic college. Tell us a little bit about kind of your journey to become the director of development for the Diocese of Metuchen. Yeah. So, you know, it started out, you know, I went, I went to King's College in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, and I studied history and education. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought I, in high school, I was like, oh, you know, I really like being a teacher. I can, I can you know, change lives of you know, kids and, 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 and really impact them. And then, you know, I went to college, got out, pretty good student, you know, athlete, that kind of thing. And then it, it just, the doors didn't open up for me to, to get a teaching job. Um, and I was, you know, sitting on my couch and, you know, what am, what am I going to do? Like, I can't find a teaching, you know, gig. Substitute teaching only, you know, pays the bill so much. And my dad, you know, got a call from Kevin Lynch in Lynch Development. And he was, you know, uh, you know looking for campaign directors. And my dad was like, yeah, I got one on my couch. Perfect. Um, so kind of how that kind of <laughs> ball started rolling. And then I kind of, you know, traveled the country with Lynch Development, going out to Minnesota, uh, St. Paul, Minneapolis, down to, you know, Diocese of Venice down in, in Florida, out to Rockville Center, Diocese of New York. Diocese of Touch and Diocese of Trenton, Diocese of Camden, capital campaigns, you know, stewardship appeals, feasibility studies, that that kind of thing. And really got me understanding what Catholic development was all about, uh, understanding, you know, the needs of, of what stewardship really is, the, the needs of advancing, you know, the church's mission, which was an excellent, great foundation for me. From there, I went and worked at uh, Lansdale Catholic High School in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, being a, a director of, of major gifts and development for them, uh, which was an interesting change of pace. All right. Uh, I was getting married married at the time, so it was good. Yep. I did that for about two years. Mm-hmm. And then and that's it's where, you know, me and Jim worked pretty closely together. Yeah, I think you were the director of Faith in the Future, I think. It was yeah, yeah. That's when I was the uh, director of development for the Faith in the Future mm-hmm. Foundation. And uh, yeah, I was, I was part of that. You did a great job there with uh, Jim Casey and the whole uh, Lansdale Catholic crew. They were yeah, very it pleased was, with you. Yeah, it, it, it was good. But then my alma mater, King's College, called and said, hey, yeah. major gifts officer. And it was like, this is an opportunity and we got to continue to grow the career. And then I was at King's for about five years. Um, they were in the process of undertaking a $50 million capital campaign. So I was kind of the lead major gift officer for them, you know, soliciting gifts, getting some collateral for the for the campaign to get, get up and running, get started. Um, it's a great alumni relations there, which was fantastic. And then it just so happened that, you know, it was time, right? As as all the good things come to an end, right? We have to move on and continue to grow. That was really sad for my career. Uh, sad for me, right? Because it was a place that I love, place that I went to, place that I, you know, studied and had lifelong friends with. And it was just, you know, we got to continue to develop our career. And obviously my wife was expecting our, our third child. So it's kind of like, yeah, it might be time to to, to move on. Sure. I interviewed here at the Diocese of Metuchen and it was just a good fit. They needed somebody who had the campaign experience to go out and, raise funds for some of our smaller parishes, which is kind of one of my 
job description roles to work with some of our uh, smaller parishes with feasibility studies, stewardship appeals, increased offertories, those those types of things, which I had the experience. And then obviously I have the major gift experience with King. So it was kind of just a good a good fit. I actually know, have known Bishop Cecchio for about 20 years now. He was the parochial vicar uh, when I was growing up as a kid at my parish. Uh, so it kind of came full circle, right? Pastoral to boss, which was pretty, pretty cool, right? I remember, you know, sitting... And he probably doesn't remember this, but as a kid, you know, it's, you know, when you go to the barbershop and, you know, the Monsignor, you know, Monsignor Cechi was in the barbershop chair and you start talking about flyers and eagles, you know, as a kid, as a, you know, somebody who was raised in the Catholic faith, that's a cool experience uh, that the pastor knows knows your dad and knows your name and knows knows your family. So, you know, you know, just an important moment. So especially for taking the the role here, the diocese, the touching. He sounds great to work with Bishop Cecchio. What what has been your experience so far? Yeah, Bishop is his memories incredible. Like he knows all the donors every Sunday. You know, he's not saying mass at the cathedral. He's going out to the parishes. He's shaking hands with the, with with the parishioners. He's talking to them. He's getting to know their concerns, what they want. You know, with regards to the church. He's he's just able to go out and talk to anybody, which is fantastic. He writes the birthday cards. He calls the donors for the for their birthdays. He writes Christmas cards out. Like he's just that type of development professional leader, uh, which is, which is fantastic to work. It just makes my job as a development director easier because I can focus on, you know, a few things rather than focusing on, all right, how do we get these donors to meet with, meet with the bishop? So he does a fantastic job with that. And he can talk about anything. It's incredible. Like I'm a big Eagles fan, right? You can see my Philadelphia Phillies you know, yeah. mascot behind me, you know, for, you know, during the Phillies run, shedding, you know, shooting emails back and forth. Great game last night. You know, this is what we need to work on today. Like, so it's just a fun, you know, relationship we're kind of, we're kind of building. Tremendous. That's tremendous. I, I it makes such a big difference. And I, I'm, you know, just in talking with different development directors around the country, I'm just finding so many more of our bishops uh, are so much more engaged with, with development than they were, I think, in, in previous. They just understand the importance of those relationships and, they want to actively be a part of it. And it sounds like Bishop Cecchio is no different. Yeah. And, you know, it's so, it's so important for our leaders to have a clear you know, vision of what they want um, and to follow that that mission. Like, hey, this is what being a better Catholic is, right? Having an understanding that, you know, when we get to the bishop's appeal, it's not just, oh, I'm writing the check to the bishop. It, it goes to where we're telling you the money's going to go, right? Whether it's Catholic charities, whether it's seminary formation, whether it's, you know, hospital and prison ministry, these are the, the areas that we're, we're focusing on, but it goes to the other vital ministries within the diocese. And, and it's important that one, the people see their leader, right? Cause then they can gain trust and they understand that, Hey, you know, I'm trusting Bishop that this, these funds are going where they need to go. That's awesome. So Rich, as a relatively new development director, I'm, and, and this, you know, this question, if anybody's listening applies, I think for any development director, like I, I think you, it's important to go in with kind of a plan and like, what do you want to accomplish in the first 90 days or the first six months, especially when you're tackling a whole diocese, right? So tell us a little bit about what was your first 90 days like? What were your priorities? Yeah. So the first 90 days is a little diff- different, right? Yeah. So I've never worked in the diocese before, uh, but I think a, an important part is to, is to come in, start building the relationships with the people you're going to be working with. I have a great director of stewardship here, uh, Sue Mantero. He's been working here for, and you guys probably, probably. Oh, Sue's work. been there a lot of years. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. I think yeah. it's been like 20 years. So she knows the diocese inside <laughs> and out. She knows which pastors are going to be making the phone calls. She knows which pastors aren't. You know, she's she knows what, what diocese, uh, which parishes are going to be making, you know, their goals, which ones aren't, uh, which ones need help, okay, with regards to the development. So, you know, having those relationships, developing them, 
starting to figure out how to work with Bishop Checchio, starting to figure out how to work with the Vicar General, talking to some of the other offices, trying to help coordinate what, you know, what are you guys trying to do? This is what we're doing. Is there a way we can coordinate our efforts here is so important. You know, for me getting here, we just started launching Blackwater Razor's Edge, uh, which was a difficult process, I think, for the diocese, just we as the Catholic churches are slow moving, right? So getting the understanding that, hey, we need to move forward here, and this is how we're going to do this. They were using this old 90s dom prop system, right? That was just a blue screen. Like, it's like, we we got to change this up here. So we've moved on to the Blackboard Razor's Edge. And I have extensive experience with that. As you, as you know, Jim, working with, you know, Faith in the Future Foundation in Philadelphia, and then using it and transferring it, that knowledge to King's College, okay? Mm-hmm. So understanding that, hey, we got to move forward here, and this is how we're going to do this. And then kind of coming up with a with a marketing plan, right? How are we going to market the appeal? How are we going to grow the appeal? What major donors are we going to be reaching out to? How is the suggested ask going to be, be put into place? How do we typically do it? How do we historically do it? Well, maybe we should do it this way, you know, this time. Being open to understanding some different ideas, being able to pitch those ideas uh, to the leaders to understand that, hey, this is how we're going to grow our donor base. You know, technology is such an important part nowadays. Social media, email marketing, you know, yes, the mailing is is the Bishop's Annual Appeal is typically an envelope type contribution, right? Historically, that's how we do it, okay? This Catholic Church, we don't do electronic giving or or email giving. Well, maybe we should be mixing in some social media. Maybe we should be uh, mixing in some email marketing as a way for the appeal because this is how we're going to reach our younger donors. Understanding who the donors are, right? I'm a millennial. You send me something in the mail, there's about a 95% chance that goes in the, in the trash, Okay. You have to send it to me email. You got to make it easy for me. Okay. Yeah. You got to have the QR codes. You got to make it just click to make the link, click the link so I can make the gift. So it's those types of things that, you know, one, I think we've been lacking here, the diocese of touching just because historically that's just the way we've done it. Right. You always get the phrase, oh, that's always how we've, how we've done things. Well, that's the worst phrase you can say, right? How can we make it different? How can we grow, grow the donor base? And we got to meet people where they are. Catholic church is getting smaller. We know that Catholic church is getting older. Okay. Luckily for me in Doylestown, where I live, my parish is a very vibrant, active parish family. A lot of young people. The parish down the street, it's not like that. Okay. So we got to meet the donors where where they are with regards to yes, we got to send the letters, but we also have to collaborate and make different ways where we can reach our donors. So well said. You covered so many topics there, Rich. I sorry. I, no, no, it's great. No, I it's uh, I, I I was one of the things you you talked about from the very beginning was just getting the data right, right? You upgrading your systems and getting a handle on how you process data, but also maybe even the shape of what the database systems are in, so that you can really fuel the development effort for the year. It's, yeah. it's so important. And, and it's also important. It's never going to be perfect, right? Mm-hmm. You can't just sit there and go, oh, we got to focus on the data. And then you're sitting there looking at your computer screen. Because if you do that, well, guess what? You're not going to raise any money either. Right. So it's got to have like a combination. Like I have a great database administrator, Dan Halpin. We just hired him this, about a year ago. And he's like fully dived into the data. He's like a whiz with Excel. So he's a whiz with understanding how to import the data, export the data, really figuring out the different formulas you need to, to, to really run the run the appeal. And then we just got a uh, a new kind of an add-on uh, to Blackboard. So here at the diocese, I only have three people in my office and we do all the gift processing. So we had to figure out a way to, how do we make that more efficient, right? We get about 20,000 gifts. What's the best way to make that make that efficient? So we actually got a, uh, a check scanner that actually scans the pledge cards. And then we can ultimately determine run data analysis for the passers so that when the appeal is going on, I can send them the link to their dashboard and they can see all the data that's happening for past appeals and for this appeal, kind of 
another tool for them to use because when they're successful, we're going to be successful, right? They have the relationships with the donors, the, the best relationships with the donors. So how do we help give them tools to make them succeed to help us, us succeed? Uh, Rich, with regard to the appeal, how are, how are the goals set in the parishes and, and are there incentives, uh, rebates, you know, things of that nature? Yeah, so we have a 50, the way that the, the, the parishes look, we, look, we take revenue uh, for the diocese and then based on the parishes, auditory based on the revenue, percentage of the revenue ultimately determines their goal. And then we also work in the major, major donors to that as well. And then depending on how many major donors are in the parish may increase the goal or may decrease that goal depending right. on. And the major major donors again, as we all know, drive you know the main getting carry to, the appeal, carry yeah. the appeal, get get us get us the goal and overall right. And then every parish that hits over the goal, they get fifty percent back for the rebate. So I have some pastors who are very understanding of that and go, all right, this is going to be my main fundraiser for the year. Let's get as much as money into the appeal because I know I'm getting fifty percent back unassessed, and then I can use that for a capital project. Right. Okay. So I have pastors thinking along those lines, and then I have other pastors who just great. I'll use this money and we'll put it back towards, you know, back to something or back in the office or budget or whatever. Yeah. And then I have other pastors who just, we're not going to hit goals. So let's okay. You know, and then it's, you know, and that's unfortunately, that's just the way the nature, nature of the beast. So there's always going to be a few pastors that are just, I mean, Jim, you know, that's downtown, you know, I know that's every, every diocese is that way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You you do everything you can to support them, but that's, that's just the way it is. Sometimes it's, it's challenging. And we have some pastors who who just know that they they have the, the development sense. They take them out to lunch. They talk to them. We have others that, you know, don't do the MPU. You know, they, they put the ad in the, in the bulletin and that's, that's their MPU weekend. And you're like, we're not going to hit goal that way, guys. Come on. Right. Right. I had a a pastor in Allentown who overshot his goal every year because, and I asked him how he did it. He said, well, I just followed the plan. You know, it was that simple. He would follow the plan and he would talk up the appeal. He would mention it just kind of on the side at the end of mass at announcements. Hey, if you haven't turned in your appeal pledge card yet, just little things like that. And he always overshot it by like $30,000. And And, and it's not that, it's it's not that. You know, I, th- I think people think like, oh, we're asking for money. It's it's so it's so hard, but it's important for for our, our develop the development directors to understand that you're not asking for you though. You're asking for the for the mission of the institution. Okay, whether it's the church, whether it's the college, whether it's the high school. You know, when I when I do meet with the pastors, you know, individually to talk about campaigns or talk about the feasibility studies or talk about the appeal, it's listen. You got to pick up the phone and you just got to say, listen. I know this is tough. The economy is awful. The pandemic happened, but we really need your support. These funds will help us, you know, advance the mission of our church, you know, and I think that's, that's an important component of it, you know, hundred percent, right. Just making the phone call, writing the thank you note, you know, and the best part is though, the pastor doesn't even need to actually physically write a handwritten note. Yes. I would like them to do that for all the major donors, but every gift that comes in, if the secretary just writes the, the thank you note and the pastor signs them and sends them out, it's a huge difference. It's thank you for your, your gift to the bishop's appeal. You know, thank you for your gift to the parish. I had a donor called the diocese. He wanted to do a, a significant stock gift for the parish. Like the parish probably would never have gotten this gift, right? And I said, okay, no problem. This is what we'll do. I immediately emailed the pastor and said, just so you know, this is coming in. This is what you, I would like you to do. I want you to write a thank you note. I want you to call him. And then just so you know, his wife passed away a few weeks ago and the anniversary, a few, a few years ago, and the anniversary is coming up. I want you to send her a poinsettia. Send him a poinsettia saying, just want to let you know I'm thinking about you. Wow. It's, 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 it's not hard. No. It's, it's basic relationship same. management. Yeah. We're here. I, I'm here to help you. I'm here to be with you. Thank you. A little extra effort. That's all. That's it. I think about it. And that guy made it. 
a significant gift this year from his IRA or stock gift, he could do the same thing next year. Right. Send a bigger poinsettia. That's it. <laughs> you can do the same thing next year. It's 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 those simple things. Like, like this isn't just a one-time thing. You see him every Sunday. He's in mass with you. And you might not know him, but he's there. He comes. He made enough effort to make a gift from his IRA to your parish, which again, plan giving. It's not hard to do. It's a, it's a simple form you have to fill out, which I think a lot of people don't, you know, fully understand either. It's that's not a hard, hard draw either, right? You fill out the beneficiary form, the next thing you know, you get twenty thousand dollars coming to the parish. And it's just putting it out there so people understand that that's a that's a method to, to make your gift. It's awesome. You know, Rich, in, in your previous comments, you were talking a little bit about how you were reaching out to millennials and just trying to make this a little bit more relevant. I wonder if you could tell us a little bit more about how you're doing that, because it's something that I think every diocese or every every nonprofit is facing, just trying to capture that younger generation. Where Where is your mindset, especially as a member of the millennial generation? Yeah, well, I, you know, I think it's, 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 we have to, again, make, make it easier for, for the donors, right? Um, we have to get into their into the mindset and how they give. Okay. They want to see impact. They want to see that my dollar is being used, not just for administration, but it's being used for the good of the institution, whether it's, you know, Catholic charities. I want to, I want to support the poor, right? I want to support hospital prison ministry because my grandmother just, just was in the hospital, had a major, major surgery and the priest was there with her talking to her, right? That's what I want to support. So it's important to, to show that impact in a way that makes it easier for for them, whether that's email, whether that's social media, uh, whether that's Giving Tuesday, which is a, a very popular day that just passed. Okay, right. so those are those are ways we can reach out to the younger younger generations. The company we work with, our, our mailhouse, is offer, also offering uh, direct mail 2.0, which will have ads built in to social media and to informed mail. So the United States Postal Service, most people, some people, the younger generations like me, sign up to have their email of all the scanned envelopes that are coming in, into the, ma- the mailbox today. So what this direct mark mail will do, will actually put an ad for the Bishop's Annual Appeal with the mail piece. So I can just click on that and it'll take me right to right to the to the pages. That's it's awesome. Bit, it's an increase, right? A little bit more than what we were spending. But in the grand scheme of things, if I get an extra, you know, few gifts that way, you know, I'll take it or new donors that way out. It's worth it. It's a way to build a base. Yeah, exactly. And I'm capturing emails. Mm-hmm. Every person who makes a gift online has to give me their email address, which again, continues to, to grow my email appeals going out. You know, this year for the communication plan for the, obviously the appeal video is very important. Again, another historical way that we do our, our appeal, not just seeing the diocese with touching, but most dioceses do an appeal video for the MPU weekend. This year, I broke it up into uh, kind of chapters. So we did an introduction for the appeal video. We did Catholic Charities. Again, an introduction from Bishop and then the Catholic Charities piece of the video. I did seminary formation with the Bishop talking about introducing seminary formation. And then we did a piece of the video talking about, you know, the seminary and his impact, you know, the seminary that we highlighted on. And then we did the same thing for hospital ministry. And this year, what I'm, I'm planning to do is when we send out our direct mail pieces, follow up with the email. All right. So the first letter typically follows the introduction for the appeal. So I'm going to have the introduction piece of the video in an email that goes out to all the emails that we have. So, hey, you can make your gift online, but hey, listen, this is what it does. Hear from Bishop Cecchio about why it's important for the, for the appeal this year and understand the, the, the introduction for the for the appeal. The next video will be Catholic Charities. The next video will be uh, Seminary Formation. The next video will be Hospital Prison Ministry. Again, following the letters 
you know, the week after the letter goes, the email will go. Okay. So it shows that, listen, we're reaching out. It's more than just, just the letter coming to you. Everyone who makes the gift, I'm also going to send the video, but it's going to be to say, thank you for your gift. Please know there's other vital ministries that, that your, your gift goes towards. This is the impact you're making because of your gift. And then a follow, same thing, you know, after the second mailing goes, the emails that I do have will be receiving, if they've given, will be receiving the email for Catholic Charities. Please know your gift goes to support Catholic Charities. Thank you. And without an ask, just thank you. No, no links to give, no nothing. Just thank you. Here's your here's a way to, to make your the impact your gift your gift is, is having. Minor stuff. Like that's I work at the communications office. We sit down, we figure out, you know, this is the timing of the email. This is what I want to say. You know, we use constant contact just 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 to get it out. Wonderful. Rich, going back to uh maybe Tom's question, tell us a bit about the uh, the number of families and maybe the the demographics of your diocese. Uh, how yeah, so, is it how is it shaped up? So we serve about 600,000 Catholics, which okay. is about 130 to 150 families, uh depending yeah. on how you uh how you dice it. And then we serve four counties in central Jersey, Somerset, Middlesex, Hunterdon, and Warren. So we go out from Phil- Phillipsburg in, in New Jersey all the way down to Lawrence Harbor. Uh, in Somerset County. Very so, nice. Uh, a nice central piece in New Jersey. The nice part about that is we also have two counties, two of the wealthiest counties in the country, top 15, I think. So that, again, helps us with our fundraising efforts. It helps us with- uh, So everybody who's a development director who's listening to this probably perked up. Which well, which counties are those, Rich? <laughs> yeah, I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you. No, you can look it up. It's-, it's, it's uh, well, the home the home evaluations are are just so different than other parts of the country in New Jersey. My goodness, just, yeah. Well, good. Tell us about what has been Bishop Checchio's focus. He's been bishop since 2016. We've talked about how great he is to work in development. What has been kind of his pastoral focus with the diocese over yes, the last couple of years? So, so his his main focus is seminary formation, the seminary endowment, uh, which is an important, uh, very important piece, right, for the future of our church, and then priest retirement. The retirement fund, obviously, is not just here in, in this diocese, but I'm sure across the country. We're a little bit underfunded, so it's a, those are important to him, right? Because we got to take care. We got to make sure we take care of the, our, our priests, right? especially when they retire. They give their whole life for pastoral ministry and, and to service, and it's important that we 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 help them. And then again, seminary formation, seminary endowment, paying for seminarians are, is expensive, not, and not just for schooling, right? You got to health care, food, housing. So, the, you know, and again, that's the future of the church. If we get good young men to come in to, to become priests, we will have a strong, strong, bright future. Yeah, without a doubt. And and that that theme is pretty common in many dioceses that we've spoken to an underfunded pension plan or retirement plan for the for the priests. So are, are you tackling that with some kind of an endowment or a special giving program? We're, we're looking into it. We're, we're, yeah. looking, we're looking at it. You know, we, we've been tossing some ideas, you know, back and forth with regards to potentially doing a, you know, a, you know, a capital campaign, potentially talking mm-hmm. about, you know, a dinner that, you know, that kind of thing to start that process, start, start kicking, kicking that off. But again, when, when's the right time to do it, right? We just came off a pandemic. We have skyrocketing inflation right now. This is the time to, to do that. A few years before that was the, you know, Cardinal Carrot cases uh, scandal. So it, it's been like, we want to do it, but it's like, wait, it's not, yeah. the, not the best time. Find to find the right timing. Yeah. And the inflation, the pandemic, it's like, again, Tom, what we, I said occasional roadblock. Yeah. Just, I yeah. will get there. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to happen. I think we just don't know exactly, exactly. Yeah, that. sure. Of course. Yeah. Well, speaking of, of roadblock blocks, how have you guys uh, adjusted to life? You know, post, I, I don't know that we're, I guess we're post pandemic now, but, and you've came in a little bit past uh, the worst of it, but uh, how has that, Im- how has the pandemic impacted 
kind of your development plan or what you're seeing in the diocese, or maybe there's some lasting benefits that, like you mentioned, online giving is is certainly yeah. up from what it was pre-pandemic. What, what are you seeing out in the field? Yeah, so the, the online giving uh, certainly is the is the major boost there. You know, not everyone, obviously, some of our older parishioners and older older donors, they're just not going. They're scared, right? They don't they don't want to get sick. They don't want to you know you know pass on, right? So they're 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 scared. They're a little nervous. Uh, so online giving has ticked up. Again, life is starting to to pick back up at the parishes with regards to you know attendance. We did see a, a significant dip in the donor base for the bishop's appeal in the beginning of the pandemic. We've started to see an increase. This past year, we had more donors in the past two years, uh, so we're starting to see the the trend up. And I think that's you know majority of that comes from you know one people taking a part of the housing market here in New Jersey, ready to retire, ready to go south. See you later, Sayonara, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going south because I can I can take full benefit of this housing market. And then I think some some obviously passed you know, passed on just because of COVID and, and and so forth. So we did see a little bit of a, a dip in the donors. We've started to again starting to take upward, which is fantastic. And we're going to hopefully this year continue to, to grow the appeal and, and and kick off the increase in donors. What are you seeing as far as giving in the diocese or just in the in the area? I, I know we're all impacted by the current economic crisis and downturn in the market, increasing inflation rates. Are you seeing that impact giving overall, Rich? I am, especially some of the sm- smaller capital campaigns I'm running. Again, our mar- our major donors, they're coming in, they're coming through. Those people have, have the wealth, they have the capacity to make the gifts. But it's the lower end donors and the participation rates for the capital campaigns uh, that's making me a little, little nervous. And that's just not one or two campaigns. It's it's like three or four of the campaigns that I'm doing. And I'm like, wait a minute, something something's happening here. Like the goals that we're setting for the capital campaigns aren't extravagant. The needs are there. The parish, you know, typical... Capital campaigns that we resolved 10 years ago would have blown through the water, like goals. Like I'm not even like really challenging and going so high that it's like, we're not going to be able to do this. Again, right. major gift efforts there, but the participation on the back end, I haven't seen participation. I haven't, I haven't seen the follow-up and the, and the, and the come through with from the, from the smaller donors. You know, that $3,000 gift pledge over a three-year period is, is getting a lot harder for some of our, some of our families. Sure. Are you finding campaigns are taking just a little bit longer then or are just finishing up a little bit shorter goal? A little bit shorter goal. I've, I've seen that throughout the some of the work that's been happening within the diocese. Shorter goal, and they are taking a little, little bit longer. Like the campaign that I'm running here in the diocese, one of the campaigns I'm running here in the diocese is going to extend past the deadline just because it's, the gifts just aren't there. So whether it's the inflation being too high and needs to come down a little bit, whether it's people's you know, IRAs need to be fluffed up a little bit because of the components of the market certainly, you know, could yeah could lead that. I find if if some of the donors can't, you know, are worried about retirement, they're not gonna, you know, they're not as the purses aren't as loose to give. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uncertainty. Yeah. Yeah. Especially some of our older donors who are just about that retirement age. Right. Not there yet, but they're in the next 10 years they're gonna be, they're like, you know, right. that. Yeah, gotta be cautious. Absolutely. So Rich, tell us a little bit about how you are advising your pastors in this economic climate around offertory. How often should a pastor be talking about offertory with his past with his parishioners? Yeah, so I, I think the minimum number is at least once a year, right? Very basic. This is what we need. This is what's happening. This is the outlook that's going to be happening next year. Please consider increasing your your offertory, whether it's five, ten percent. Very simple. To do it correctly, it should be done two, three, four times a year, probably once a quarter. And then each of those quarters, you should also be doing a, a stewardship initiative behind that as well, getting time, getting talent involved. Right? It's not just about tre- not just about the treasure. Okay, it's about growing the church, and the best way to do that is to offer offer the different ministries. And you can do that in the back 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 of mass in the narthex. Have the tables, have the different ministry heads there. 
you know, with, with sign-up sheets, participate, but you offer coffee and donuts too. So it's more than just, oh, it's, oh, I just have to sign up for ministry. It's, this is what's happening. This is what we need. We need your support, but we also want you to participate because this is how we, this is how we grow, grow the parish and grow the faith. And then also another key point of that with the ministry fair ministry piece is about follow-up. Okay. How many times do you sign up for a ministry and no one follows up with you? Every time. Right. All right. My parish is a great ministry fair, zero follow-up. My wife yep. signed up for three or four ministries. No one called her. Okay. So there's that follow-up piece that the ministry head, whoever that is, right. Whether you delegate it to the rest of the ministry and it's not hard again about the relationships. Hey, I saw you signed up. You wanted to be, be an usher. Just, so you know, the next meeting for ushers is Thursday at 7 PM. Yep. Exactly. That's simple. It? It's very simple. But again, back to increased offertory uh, or increasing and talking about offertory, that should be done, I think, at least three, four times a year. Again, just giving the parishioners, right, who are the main supporters of the institution, of the church, talking to them about this is the outlook. This is what's going to be happening in the next year. We need your continued support to make sure these this mission is getting accomplished and this vision is, is, is getting complete. The pastor doesn't have to do it. The pastor has a finance council. The pastor has a pastoral council. And if he's using them correctly, he has a whole list of people who can go up there and talk about that for him. And it, sometimes it's even better coming from a lay leader, okay, rather than the pastor, you know, uh, especially if the pastor is doing a capital campaign or in the process of finishing capital campaign. That pastor probably went up once or twice to talk about the, the campaign. Well, he needs his lay leadership to step up and, and help. Within the diocese, they want to participate in an increased offertory program. Again, that's something my office helps coordinate with the, with the pastors. So we'll get four, five, six parishes that want to do an increased offertory program. We'll help. The diocese will sign the contract with the with the printer and the mailhouse. And we'll work with the pastors to get the letters, to get the proofs for the, the pledge forms, get the proofs for the for the mailings, the proofs for the brochures. And then we'll kind of manage how when that goes out, how that goes out uh, to help help the pastors run that piece of it. Because sure. that's sometimes the hardest, hardest part. Like, where do we start? What do we talk about? You know, and we have templates that we, we share with them, say, this is the templated letter. This is what the letter looks like. You know, it has to be, you know, 11 by 14, the pledge cards at the bottom. It's a tear-off piece. Here's, you know, this is what the brochure looks like. Oh, and by the way, here are the talking points to the announcement weekend. You're going to say, listen, in the next few days, you'll be receiving a letter in the mail asking you to increase offertory. This is what this goes to towards. This is why this is important. So again, increased offertory is important, especially getting some of our donors who are given the dollar a week, right? Can you increase it to $5? Could you help us that way? Because even that little amount makes a huge impact on what the parish can do. Absolutely, hundred percent. You know, you make a great point, and and I think uh, you know the, the pastor doesn't necessarily even have to make the ask three or four times a year. Like you say, you can talk about what's happening in the parish, and the way my one of my pastors used to do it is he used to just thank people, and that's a way of reminding them that what they're doing is important. Or it's also a reminder to those who might be not giving. He would say, you know, thanks to your generosity, we were able to remodel the bathrooms in the parish center. Or thanks to your generosity, we were able to help 10 families this Christmas season who weren't able to provide Christmas for their kids or have meals. Or we helped these 50 families over here. It's also important to let them know financially where they're at, right? Yeah. Like it's Mm -hmm. not just, oh, thank you for this. But how much debt does the parish have? Where's the balloon payment for the mortgage, right? Mm -hmm. Are those conversations happening with the parishioners? The parishioners know you have debt. That's mm-hmm. a, another important piece some pastors are afraid to talk about. And you're like, if you have debt, you have debt. You have to talk about it. Well, right? it's true. And then when a capital campaign comes along, if there's an opportunity to reduce that debt with a capital campaign, it won't be such a surprise. And parishioners and, and, can help take ownership. And I found, I found that too. <laughs> like, yeah. When did we have debt? And you're like, well, 
you know, you haven't been making payments. You haven't been doing this, you know, That's so they find out. <laughs> yeah. And then you find out and then you get parishioners during your fees, Buddha study interviews who are yelling at you about the debt. And you're like, wait, and who they owe it to, yeah, who they right. owe it to. And, and they're angry about the, the, you know, how come this, this happened. And next thing you know, you're, you get negative results in your feasibility study when that all could have been alleviated by actually having the com- the tough conversations from the pulpit. Right. By being from transparent. The pulpit, no one's going to yell back at you. They're, because when you find out, sometimes I found when they find out these things and they're surprised and they learn, well, we've had this debt for years, then the the, the suspicion, unfortunately, starts to creep in their minds. Well, how yes. do we get this debt? And whose fault is it that we had this debt? And so you, you then you have to really backtrace the whole narrative and understand where it came from. And then, yeah, and yeah it's just, it can be a mess. So 100% agree. We have to communicate all that stuff. Well, Rich, on a, on a brighter note, what have you got? Uh, what have you got in store for 2023? What is your development plan shaping up for? In uh, the yeah, sorry. so I kind of mentioned it a little earlier. We're going to do a lot more e-marketing, uh, yep. social media ads. We're going to be having more email solicitations, email thank yous going out. Yep. Um, again, we're going to be using Blackboard a lot more. And then internally with the pastors, we're going to be using some more data analytics to help them not only see where their campaign and their appeal is going, but also to kind of help break down who the you know, donors are who gave last year, what you have to do with these donors that gave, what you have to do with the donors that haven't given with regards to picking up the phone, taking them to lunch, taking them coffee, and just kind of help understand that this is about relationships. And all you have to do is try, just try, right? If they, even if you're trying, the donors see that you're trying and there's a positive impact. Well, Rich, thank you so much for spending some time with us on the podcast. It's been long overdue. I was glad to have you on here. Yeah, of course. No problem. It was great talking to you guys. I haven't seen Jim in like, uh, I don't know, five, six years. So it's, it's, it's been a while. Too. It's been a while. I'm so glad you're doing so well. And uh, it's it's cool. You're following in your father's footsteps to a certain degree as, as he was development director for the Diocese of Camden. And now you're in Metuchen. And uh, we're just all so proud of you and, and just so uh, grateful for all the work that you're doing for the Catholic Church and, and continuing this on, especially you know, as a, as a millennial and really helping your bishop take this to the younger generations and just take it to the next level. I know you're going to be very, very successful in the coming years. Yeah. I, you know, I, I love what I do. It's, it's honestly the coolest job in the world. You get to meet so many different people. You get to talk yeah. to people and I get to support institutions that I love, right? Catholic church, Catholic faith. Absolutely. Hey, Rich, your dad's a great guy. Uh, he probably serves as a bit of a resource at times, I would think, right? Oh, 100%. Dad, what do you, what do you, what do you what, I sent him a text. Dad, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think of this? What do you think of this idea? You know? And it's either, Rich, that's stupid because you're going to have to do this, this to follow up. I'm like, okay, yeah, you're right. Like, let's not do that. Let's <laughs> that's do awesome. Do you, uh, do you talk development before Eagles and Phillies? <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. Most most conversations I'm having with my dad, we're talking development, talking, you know, different plans, different ideas, you know, mostly with regard to development, major gift work, grant writing, that kind of thing. Plan, plan giving, my dad's a huge resource for me right. that I use. And then Eagles, Phillies, I'm usually like, leave me alone during the Eagles games because I'm. <laughs> this is it. Even with sure. my kids, like my kids know to leave me alone. Like the Eagles are on. Like, <laughs> it's like church. Father, dad. <laughs> you know, the Phillies, other than this past year, I mean, you got my fanatic picture. The, the you know, the Phillies sometimes aren't, haven't been the best team to follow except for this year which was fantastic you know which was so much better and i've i've new york fans like laughing at me like oh you phillies couldn't do it and then i'm like man they weren't expected to be anywhere near the world series i'll they take that hot. every every that fall a, i don't care was, it was awesome it was a great entertaining run it definitely was i was rooting it, for them i mean those, those home runs were like incredible the harper hit and, and bryce hit and it was just very timely was yeah awesome. so and then Bishop being, you know, Diocese of Camden native, you know, me and him, again, shoot emails back and forth about the Eagles and the, the Phillies. 
And again, it came full circle. Two weeks ago, he actually baptized my youngest and my nephew. Wow. Wow. Uh, my nephew was born three days after my son was born. You know, it was a really good family event. Uh, Bishop came and baptized and uh, it was a Sunday afternoon, right? They happened after the 12 o'clock mass. And he's like laughing about, oh man, Rich, you really love the faith. You did this during an Eagles game. Like, <laughs> this is like incredible. Like, so it was, it was, it was a good, again, yeah. Bishop making jokes just to kind of, you know, build the relationship. So it's, it's good. Yeah. That's awesome. So, Thanks again, Rich. We appreciate you being on the show. God bless. No problem, guys. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk soon, okay? I want to thank Rich for being on our show this week and for all you're doing to advance the mission of our church in the Diocese of Metuchen. I wish you God's blessings, my friend. I'm so excited for you and the journey that you're just beginning. I'll leave links to Rich and the Diocese of Metuchen in the show notes of this episode. Thanks again, Rich. And one last plug, if you haven't done so already, I encourage you to pick up your copy of The Generosity Crisis by Changing Our World's CEO, Brian Crimmins and donor searches Nathan Chappelle, available now on Amazon. This book has been doing tremendously well, and it's a must-have for any philanthropy professional this Christmas. I'll leave a link to purchase this book in the show notes of this episode, and if you'd like to hear from the authors, go back to episode 125, where I interviewed both Brian and Nathan about this new book. Well, that's our show this week. Special thanks to Pottery Studios for another great show. And if you'd like to help our show, please leave us a rating wherever you downloaded this podcast. And if this is your first time listening to Advancing Our Church, I hope you'll stick around and subscribe. You can find us on all places where you download your favorite podcasts. You can follow us on YouTube. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. And for more information about this show, please visit us at advancingourchurch.com. Advancing Our Church is a production of Changing Our World, and we are a fundraising and social impact consulting firm that has been advising both nonprofits and corporations for more than two decades. For more information, please visit us at changingourworld.com. Well, that's it for me, everybody. Our final episode of the year. I hope you all have a blessed Christmas season and an exciting and wonderful new year. I'll be praying for you. Take care and God bless.